Brother Val Kamai is one of those individuals um, that my dad prayed for over the years. Lived right across the street. But right before his wife passed, he and his wife were talking and saying, you know, we need to start going to church. And the time that they were planning to come, she passed that within a week or so. And so I had invited him back in 2016, and he came on the day that I wasn't here, came on the Labor Day weekend, and I went to his house in March of 2017, just asked him, had he accepted the Lord? Would he accept? He said he had, and, and so he said he's just ready to go be with the Lord. He said, stop all the treatments, I'm ready to go be with the Lord. And so you just never know what God's going to do, what prayer's going to do over the years. Over the years. So just keep the family in prayer. He went back to the hospital either last night or today because he was, wasn't doing well. No, I'm going to share this briefly. It wasn't part of my message, but I feel I need to share this. Because I don't think I was going to give him a chance to share his testimony. I just want to share this. Back in 1994, he told me that he had an experience with death, a uh, near-death experience. Evidently, don't know if he had a cardiac arrest or just what may have happened. But he had to be taken to the hospital. He says, while he was in the hospital, uh, the doctor says, I've got to give you the shot. It's going to be cold, but if I don't give it to you, you're going to die. And he said that when the doctor gave him the shot, I won't say the word that he said first. He said, doctor, that's cold. And the next thing that he knew, he said he was in the room up in the ceiling with his legs dangling, and he saw his wife, Anne, in the corner crying. He said he saw the doctors working on him, and he said that he could see everything. He said, I don't know how I got there, but I'm sitting in the corner watching everything that's happening. And while he's watching everything that's happening, he just said his wife was just crying and crying. And the next thing that he knew, he was back in his body, and only thing he heard the doctor said, the doctor said, oh, my God, and everybody started rushing in. When he told me the story of what happened when I went to go see him, he said he didn't understand what had happened until he started hearing the preaching and what life after death meant. He was not ready at that time to leave here. But he said he was conscious, he knew everything. That was happening. And he carried that experience and that memory and that um, well, that out-of-body experience that he had. Everyone does not have that opportunity. He didn't know exactly what was happening, but he said he was fully conscious. He saw everything. He could hear everything. And he said, I wasn't sitting on the seat. I was just up in the corner just watching. And my legs were just dangling. But I thought to myself, oh, this is cool. He doesn't know when he returned to his body, but all he could hear the doctor says, oh, my God. I told him about what life after death is, and just recently he says, talking to his daughter, we were in, we were talking, in fact, just within the last week or so, he says, I didn't understand until Pastor Marcus was telling me, well, he said, after I started going to the church and listening to the preaching, did I then understand what that meant and what that was about? I had no idea. I sat there amazed as I listened to this story. And I share this now because I was going to have him tell his own story. And we were talking about a time when he was going to give his own testimony. But it's not going to happen at this time. So I feel, felt that I needed to. 
go ahead and share that with you now. Mr. Kamai is going to go be with the Lord soon. A man that sat across the street, watched the church, made sure that things were okay, and if anything was out of the ordinary, he kept an eye on the church. But you just never know what God is going to do. And actually, I do feel now why the Lord shares it, because it ties right into our message, because the message is part two, when life and death cross paths. That's what we mentioned last week, and it's part two today. We are leaving this world. We are not staying here. And as I mentioned to you, there is no getting out of this world alive. Can't do it. We mentioned last week we had two points that we said we were going to mention. I gave you the second point, but let me just briefly recap and go to point two and get you out of here. That is two examples of death. And the first example I've used was, was from Genesis when we mentioned and talked about the death of Abel when his brother Cain killed him. And we discussed how even good people, you would expect that if a person was good, they would live a long life. But Kohelet, the preacher Solomon, said that it was a mystery how Everybody has to meet the same fate. We are leaving this world, and are you ready to leave? Have you made preparation? We mentioned that when Adam and Eve lost their son Abel, we asked, we mentioned what went through their minds. They must have thought we blew it. What did we do when we disobeyed God? When the Lord said that, day that you eat the fruit, you would surely die. The Lord didn't give details of all the different events that would happen. It's good to see Rhonda and Ernest. They did make it from Fresno. Rhonda, you, you, Rhonda just landed. You were flying, Rhonda. That's okay. God means business. Adam and Eve must have thought in their hearts if we could take it back we do something different, possibly, is what I'm adding. Then the second example we used was the rich farmer who saw that all that he had, that all the land had produced, and he says, man, I've got goods laid up for many years. We looked at Luke chapter 12, and he said, I'm going to tear down my barns and build bigger ones and move on into retirement. And the Lord says, you fool, tonight your soul will be required of you, and then whose things will these things be that you have gathered for yourself? You see, Abel did right and was taken. This rich man did not consider God and did not even consider the fact that he had had an appointment with death as he planned for the future. Death happens to the good, as we say, and the bad, even though none of us are, are righteous within ourselves. But we do understand that when we talk about good, it was the righteous were those in the Bible that tried to follow the laws of God. But Solomon says, I'm puzzled by this fact. It just doesn't make sense. He says, it's vanity when I look at it. But he says, but all that we see is all known before God. Love and hate. Everything is in the presence of God. Point number two that we're going to pick up with, and that is, 
Living is better than dying. Living is better than dying. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verses 4 through 6. I'll read that. It says, but he who is joined with all the living has hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. And they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Their love and their hate and their envy have already perished. And forever they have no more share in all that is done under the sun. Solomon used the example of two animals in describing death. He says, a, 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 a live dog is better than a dead lion. Solomon used these dogs were looked down upon. They were considered dirty animals. And but when you thought of a, a a lion, it was one of nobility, one where we look at of royalty. So when a person thought of a lion, they thought of strength. But Solomon says, even a dog that lives is better than a dead lion as he compares, saying that it is better no matter what condition a person may be in, that person is better in the land of the living. Today we have many people that want to take their lives over things that happen in life. Not giving heed or not giving thought to this matter that you will never be able to come back on this side Again, for those who don't know God and those who decide to take their life, if they could do it all over again, they would think, I would, Lord, help me. Those who have rejected Christ, those who say there is no God and leave here are face to face before the Almighty. When we spoke earlier in the previous passage, we saw that Solomon reflected on Death and life, but he said death at that point, he made mention, was better than living as the dead know nothing. But here, he says in this example, after he's been surveying, that life is better than death. Now, why would he make, mention that? Because there are sometimes we can go through so many things that we could sometimes, some people say, I wish I was not here. It's often in the moment that we have feelings of this and we think and we say things out of the frustrations of life, out of the pain that we're in, we make statements. But when we think further, we really don't want to do something that's going to take our life or have our life end. Many people. If people knew what was on the other side, for those who didn't know the Lord, they would never make that decision. God has given life, and the Bible says that life is precious. Don't you know that Christ laid down his life for you? Christ loved you so much that he came down through 42 generations, and there's, there's not just the 42 generations as we think, I don't have time to deal with that, but it says in Matthew, came down through 42 generations. He walked this earth, and he came specifically to die in your place so that you would not have to face the wrath of the Almighty God. He did it for you, not because you deserved it, because what we deserved it death. But Christ in his love wrapped himself up in flesh and came to this earth to die in your place. 
And so when we cheapen life and we minimize the importance of life, we cheapen what Christ did for us. Christ paid a price that no one else could pay. He gave his blood, the most precious blood, the blood that could only be offered one time, only needed to be offered one time, were the, the blood of bulls and lambs and the blood, the blood of sheep and goats. It could never cleanse you. Only appease for the moment God's wrath. You see, when a person dies and, and without God and without having the Lord as Savior, it, it is the fact that they have decided that I can stand before God on my own. I don't need the blood of Christ to cover me. And so they say I can stand before the Almighty and give account for myself. The Lord has already said in Isaiah 64 that your righteousness was just like filthy rags. Just like filthy rags. We've dealt with that before. Your righteousness, your goodness, everything about you just like filthy rags. It cannot measure up nor can it stand. So you cannot come and say, Lord, look at the good things about me. No, it's only the blood of Christ that covers that's only the that's the only thing that God is looking at. It's the blood. It's the blood. It's the blood. The blood of Christ. It's the fact that He came. If you could do it on your on your own, if you could make your your own way, Christ wouldn't have had to come. God would say, "Go ahead and do it. You got made. Just do good deeds. You can make it in on your own." Solomon says, "A living dog is better than." that was seen as a source of strength. Let me just share this. In the book of Isaiah and even in the book of Kings, you, you come across this story of a king by the name of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a king of Judah. And there was a king of Assyria named Sennacherib that rose up against him. Sennacherib of the Assyrians had already defeated some of the individual. But when you read Isaiah, the story is given in such a way as if Egypt and Babylon had not already been destroyed by him. But what Isaiah does, he tells the story not in a chronological order, but more so from a thematic viewpoint. He, he tells the story from that which is most important first. And he mentions... One of the commanders of Sennacherib that goes up and begins to tell the people where they had laid siege to the city, give yourselves up to Assyria. Don't listen to your king. We are coming to get you. It would be better if you just turn yourselves over. But Hezekiah had already told the people, don't answer the Assyrians, when they talk, don't answer. This representative of Sennacherib was, was ridiculing Hezekiah, was speaking down against God. and He was just going on and on. But the Lord sent a word, and I'm just kind of skipping through here, by Isaiah the prophet. Tell him he's going to get a report. Their country has been attacked. Their king has been attacked. He's going to leave. And I want you to know that when he leaves, I'm going to slaughter him right where he is when he goes back to fight with his king. 
you'll find that as you read this story that as he gets word that there's war and he withdraws, the king sends a letter to Hezekiah that talks about, don't think I'm not coming back. I will be back. Once I go to take care of this problem, I'm coming back to deal with you. You'll find that in Isaiah 36, 37. Hezekiah takes the letter that he receives and lays it before the Lord. And prays over the letters. Lord, look how he's talking, bragging about what he's going to do. He has, yes, destroyed many. The Lord says, I'm going to cut him down. Don't you worry. You're going to eat what grows of the land this year, and you're going to eat what grows of itself next year. And in the third year, go ahead and plant. I'm going to destroy him, and you're going to still be here. That's what our God will do. He'll take an impossible situation and turn it around. Those that might attack the child of God, when they present it to the Almighty God, you live right for God, God will take care of you. You live right before the Lord. Your enemies can't bother you unless God says so. Hezekiah took strength in God's word. Thank God that we have the Lord as our king and our deliverer. When it doesn't look like there's any way out, when it just doesn't look like it's going to work, the Lord works it out. You see, it was Isaiah, it was Hezekiah that 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 prayed. It was Hezekiah that sought the Lord through prayer. Lord answered his prayer. Now, let me just say this one other thing as I move off Hezekiah and I prepare to end for today. Hezekiah also got word that he was going to die. The Lord told Isaiah, tell Hezekiah to get his affairs in order. He's going to be gathered home. The Bible says that Hezekiah prayed. He cried. He cried out to the Lord. He didn't want to die. And he pleaded with the Lord. Don't you, Lord, know I've been serving you. I've lived for you. I've done all these things. And I've I've obeyed you. I don't want to die. The Bible says before Isaiah, who gave the news, when he turned around the leaf, before he got through the courtyard, the Lord spoke to him. Isaiah, go back and tell Hezekiah, I'm adding 15 more years to his life because I heard his prayer. Going back and tell him, I'm adding 15 years to his life. <laughs> Look at God. Isaiah goes back and gives the message. The Lord has heard your prayers. Now that's something when you got a person praying and the Lord's prophet can be leaving and the Lord tells the prophet, go back and tell him I'm adding 15 years to his life because I've heard his prayer. While you may not think that anything might be happening with prayer, God is working. God is moving. When you think all has failed, my life is coming to an end, God may have something totally different for you. If you know the Lord and God calls you home, blessed be the Lord. Go on and enjoy your reward. But at the same time, you may say, God, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I want to be here. And the Lord says, I'm adding some time for your life. 
And that time should be honoring and glorifying God. Lord, what now can I do to honor you? The problem that we find with Hezekiah is that Hezekiah, in those 15 years, turned away from God and didn't serve God as he had done prior to this time. You see, we can take the blessings of God when he blesses us and use them in the wrong way. God gives you life, has heard your prayer, and then in the next part of the life that God has given, rather than reflecting on what God has done, you take that life and you abuse it? God gave you life because you asked. Why? It was to bring honor and glory to God. If you have a new lease on life, if God has blessed you in a miraculous way, you have a responsibility to serve God as never before. You ought to give God the glory. God, you brought me back. I know where I've been. I've had some close encounters at times. And sometimes we forget what God has done in our lives. But sometimes it just takes a reminder of what God has done to help us to remember. Oh, yes, I remember. That's why the Lord told the Israelites, tell your children what I did for you when I brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Remind them so that when they get older, they can tell the next generation what I did and how I brought you through. Solomon, Solomon says, life is better than death. Now get this. Solomon is only dealing with the matter right now of life on earth or no longer living. He's not dealing with eternity in heaven. He's not dealing with rewards. He's just speaking about life. What are you now doing with the life that God has given you? Are you being careful to honor God? Does God have to try to find you? How one responds to God really determines the quality of life. Unlike the rich man, he pursued his own righteousness. Abel pursued God. Hezekiah loved God. In the Bible says there was no one like him among the kings outside of David. He was a good man. But yet we see that blip at the end of that second part of his life, that last 15, where he began to dishonor God. While death may be the future for everyone, it is the living that has the greatest privilege. Why did he say it is better for the living? Why? Because the living can always make changes. They can do that which is right. They have the opportunity to think. They can make changes. If I'm going in the wrong direction, I can now change path and go this way. He says the dead don't know anything. They can't do that. But if you are in the land of the living, if he says even if it was a dog that was looked down upon, they have the ability, Solomon is saying, to change. And that's the ultimate message. You have the ability to change when life and death cross paths. It's going to cross in your life as well. And will you be found faithful? Will you be found faithful? If we were to really evaluate our lives, I think we spend more time at making excuses rather than serving God. Help me, Lord, through here. I can make excuses for things I don't want to do. Then I can find things that I want to do, I can find time for it. There's something I really don't want to do. I'm going to come up with something. But oh, let there be something I really want to do. 
I'm going to I'm going to make time. I'm going to create time. Time don't exist. It's going to create it's going to be created for this event cuz I want to do it. We make time for what we want to do. The Bible says we're going to have to give account one day for all that we do, all that we say. So am I serving God as I should with all of my heart? While I have life, or will I get to the end of my life near death and then have to apologize for all the things that I should have done when I had the time and the opportunity? I don't want to spend time being in this matter of reflecting and regretting life, but I want to be able to say, oh, bless the Lord. God, you've been my peace. You've been my strength. I served you. Not well. God, you know my heart. No. I want to say with my heart, God, I love you. Stand to your feet. When life and death cross paths, Solomon has said it's better to be in the land of the living. You have an opportunity today in the land of the living, right now where you are, to make changes. Why? Because you have breath in you. You've got life. Those that have already passed can't make choices. Can't make decisions. You can. And every opportunity should be to take advantage of what God has given you. Oh, I reflect on those that have passed on before me. I, I look at those who have had relationships with I was close to, my parents and, and some others. And all oh, the times I reflect and, and, and ponder, oh, I just treasure those memories. But I'm glad I'm in the land right now of the living because I have this time to honor and praise God for what he has given, what he has put in my life, and I can serve him, and one day I'll be with him. Don't want to get there too soon, but one day. Are you serving God with all your heart? Are you serving him with all your heart? If not, why not? You have life that God has given you. Enjoy life. Don't live as if you're not alive, but live as if you are because God has given you life. Lord, we honor you today in this place, and we thank you for your righteousness and life itself. With all of the challenges that life has and all that it offers, may we just remember to give thanks to you for all that you are. For all that you have given, may we know that every good thing, the Bible says, comes from the Lord. And we bless your holy name and we glory in you in this place. We pray that we will really take uh, another look at and reevaluate what life really means. <laughs> the fact that you have given life. Lord, as Sister Jean travels this week, tomorrow, and we pray for traveling mercy. We pray for comfort of the soul and the heart. We pray for, Lord, the husband of the lady that passed, that you will comfort him, that he may know that, God, you know all things, and you can be his peace. We pray for all of those that have been affected, that, God, the joy and the peace of God will reside. Yes, it's okay to, to cry. It's okay to go through, because, God, you gave us emotions. But, oh, we can look to the Lord, because we know our help comes from the Lord. 
day we bless you today. Even things that are unforeseen in the future. That we don't even know that's coming. Prepare us now. When, Lord, there's a crossing of life and death, may we understand and know that it all is before the Almighty God. We love you today and we bless you. We give you all the glory and the honor. Now keep us as we leave this place today. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.